Welcome to Latte with a Lawyer, a podcast dedicated to bringing you the stories of some of America's most successful lawyers, figuring out what makes them tick, how they creatively solve problems, and how others aspiring to be them can follow in their footsteps. Here's your host, Jacob Wells. All right. Welcome to Latte with the Lawyer. I'm your host, Jacob Wells, and I'm so excited today because we have a great guest. We're going to dive into the marketing side of things with Harlan Schillinger. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And uh, thanks so much for spending some of your time with us today. Uh, before we get into the episode, give us just a bit of an overview of who you are. Well, I usually go by the line, I'm nobody, but all my friends are famous. <laughs> and uh, that kind of breaks the ice. Uh, but I've been in the advertising world since 1975. In 1977, uh, I recognized my partners and I had a small agency that uh, spoke, uh, spoke to uh, high-end retail commercials. We uh, recognized the legal category coming about and uh, by accident jumped into it. And so uh, throughout the years, you know, I've been very active in, uh, in, in the agency world, put a lot of people on television, uh, merged my business uh, with a lawyer in Denver back in 84 uh, to formulate uh, network affiliates, which was, a, you know, it's still a great agency, still affiliated with it. And uh, five years ago, I retired from, uh, from network. Uh, I'm not sure what retirement means I think I quit and moved on to something else yeah uh, but I'm in the consulting arena with several clients uh, regarding strategy so uh, I think I've seen most of it I would never mm -hmm. say I've seen all of it because that's a, a pretty far reach uh, one of my more uh, passionate uh, endeavors is intake and conversion and uh, along with two other partners we created a product called lead docket and last year, we merged that with Filevine. Uh, personally, I'm very proud of it. And uh, there's almost oh, 500 clients using it. And so one uh, of those products uh, do exactly. It, it, it's an intake and conversion measuring tool and a CRM. Uh, hmm. it, 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 it collects everything about your advertising, where it's being spent. Uh, it helps manage the client experience in the sale. Most importantly, it allows you to understand exactly where you are, increase your business by increasing your conversions. Amazing. Well, uh, you have a very long-lasting career, and uh, you've, you've dealt with every aspect of the industry. So I want to take it all the way back to the Irish Spring days. So walk me through how you got interested in marketing, the, the early days, what it was like back then. Well, I met my neighbor up in Lakeville, Connecticut, who happened to be a gentleman named Bill Meiskins, was the executive creative director of J. Waldo Thompson. And we uh, rode down to New York together, uh, about a 150-mile ride every Monday and Thursday. And after about three weeks, Bill came to me and said, listen, I'd like to teach you the, tele uh, the uh, television business. Uh, would you be interested? You know, I was 25 years old. I was on my first real job, I would say, uh, you know, we've been working since we're 12 years old. And so I don't want to say it's not my, it's a real job. Uh, but I was, you know, schlepping down to the city and, uh, yeah. you know, I was doing pretty well, actually. Uh, and I said, sure, why not? It sounded interesting. Uh, and, 
he introduced me to the Madison Brothers uh, film company and uh, sucked me right into the business. I started moving sandbags and uh, then I started moving uh, whatever else they asked me to move. Uh, but I learned the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, we, you mentioned Irish Spring Soap. Uh, we shot all those commercials uh, up in Lake, Lake Oak, Connecticut. Uh, Noxima, take it off, take it all off, the beers. And that was my introduction to you know, television production and advertising. Great. And um, from there, how did you transition into the legal side of things? I know that you saw there was like an untapped market, right? The truth of it is that we recognized it as a category and produced a series of television commercials. Every once in a while, I could look back at those spots. And with the mm. exception of the wardrobes that people are wearing, <laughs> I could yeah. run those commercials today. Really, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we, we it was it, it, so I kind of I kind of I stumbled into it, mm-hmm. made something of it. Uh, there was one gentleman that was on television that was marketing his firm, Len Jacoby, and Len uh, within a few years became a client of mine uh, and is still a very dear dear friend. Uh, and that's how I really started. You know, I think great things happen when you just take a take a shot at it. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing that the, the commercials are that timeless. I think that's something that a lot of people on the production side of things really try to aim for is to have their content not be dated. That's uh, pretty remarkable. How are you able to do that? Well, well, the first thing that we did is, you know, you understand the legal category and what was what was happening uh, for the very first time. People had access to the courtroom uh, and they had an opportunity to hire a lawyer through advertising, mm-hmm. finding out who, you know, who, who can, who they can work with. And so it's like a floodgate that opened up. And uh, when you started advertising back in 19, well, we'll come back. It really got rolling around 1980, 1981. Uh, it was kind of interesting. You saw a legal commercial on TV and uh, you didn't realize that number one, you could, hire a lawyer number two it's on contingency so it costs you nothing to hire a lawyer and number three you didn't have to get a recommendation from your next door neighbor you could t- pick that lawyer really up off the television mm-hmm. uh now that all sounds are a little archaic or you know how do i really want to do that but the truth of the matter is it completely opened up access to the courtroom my associate uh norton fricky lawyer in denver was the second lawyer ever to advertise and 20 tom gerald uh from t- uh, 2020 i believe it was i uh, did an interview with him and i'll never forget this line he says i'm giving the little guy access to the courtroom interesting hmm. and so it really changed it changed the legal arena that is absolutely for sure and nowadays a law firm ha- have will have a very tough time surviving unless they really advertise because everybody advertises. Some people advertise, you know, it functions networking, other lawyers advertise on television. Obviously the internet is, has exploded, but uh, don't kid yourself. Everyone advertises. So when I think of advertising and the way that it has changed over the years, and I think of like a show like Mad Men and um, the way they used to market, let's say a chair is like, here's the functionality. You need to sit in something. Here's a chair. 
But nowadays it's like, ooh, you got to get this chair because then it's going to make you like famous. And this is like a lifestyle thing. How has that been the same case with the legal marketing side of things? How has that changed? You You know, yes or no. I don't think that the fundamental values of advertising have changed. You know, in advertising, rule number one is number one, you get what you ask for. You know, when we produced our first series of commercials, you know, I had a gentleman, uh, an actor at a guardrail, knocking the guardrail and said, this could be you, you know, going into the guardrail. So we really dissected it. What happens? Uh, you're in, you have a problem. You've been in an accident and you need to go somewhere. Those principles haven't changed. What's changed is the hype, the dramatic, the drama, uh, but what's interesting is there's about 4,500 lawyers that are advertising on television. I just use that figure. I would say 95% of them all say the same thing. Maybe even more. I do yeah. this. I'll get you that. I'll do this. So advertising really hasn't changed. Production values have changed. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I wonder about coming from like the creative side of things is with the low budget, you can still tell an interesting and compelling story. But when you look at the the local um, law firm, the, their ad doesn't have that. It's not the production value, but it doesn't have a compelling story. And it seems kind of cheesy. Why is that, that at the low end, you can't get good storytelling and something compelling like you can for somebody like yourself? Well, this is, this is I'm going to answer this in the most personal way. Uh, I, I, I truly believe that lawyers follow the other guy, the other person. They follow them because, well, he's successful. I should do what he's doing. They're sheep. Mm. And we see that all day <laughs> long. My backbone of advertising, going back from when I first started, and especially today, is to talk to the public the way you would a jury. If you, when you approach a jury, you're approaching them with credibility. You're telling a story. That's the basis of a jury trial is telling the the story and presenting the facts in a most credible way. Mm. Now, I don't think you need two cents to be able to deliver that message. Absolutely. I think you have to have common sense. And when I talk about common sense, you know, I say this to lawyers all the time. Well, my backbone is I want to talk to the public the way I would a jury. Oh, yeah, yeah, I understand that. Well, would you really <laughs> get up in front of a jury and say, would you really get up in front of a jury and say, you know, I want my, I'm, I'm going to get my, my client $5 million and I'll get you all the money today as much as you can get. I'll, you, you'll, you'll never be able to spend what I can get you. Of course, I'm, I'm, I'm playing with that. Uh, but that is, a, that is the backbone of, of my approach. Consequently, mm-hmm. I aim for much better cases. It costs you about the same to get a low-end case than a high-end case. But going back to you get what you ask for, and you have to have a technique on what you're asking for, and it's built on credibility, will determine what kind of business comes in your door. Interesting. I think like when you talk about um, the money side of things, that's an inevitable part of the lawyer's business. And I remember talking to one lawyer in particular and he's like that's another part of my business but i try to make the client understand that make the jury understand that and that that's not the the main reason sure i'm trying to win you a lot of money but like i'm also a virtuous guy that that cares about you how do you get that across um in advertising well well let's back up a minute 
if you're in a serious injury, if you're in a wrongful death, do you really think somebody calls up the law firm and says, well, how much money am I going to get for this wrongful death? My father just died. And I just want to know how much it's worth. I mean, let's get real. That yeah. happens all day long. People, lawyers, you know, they're, they're constantly, you know, selling the, you know, I'll get this for you. But the truth of it be the law, the victim that has a serious accident. And you can't just say, well, we take serious accidents, but I'm not really serious. Um, you know, it's back to the jury trial. You, you, you have to build a case. You have to have credibility. And in your advertising, you have to do the same thing. If you, if you consistently ask for money and consistently ask for, give me all the cases. I don't care if you're falling down or you're standing up. I'm paraphrasing <laughs> and I'm making fun of this, but it's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, that's <laughs> what you're going to get. You know, I right. have dear friends in this business that take in, I have one friend that takes in, I don't know, 15, 1800 cases a month, but their average case is small. Now he's doing very, very, very well. But a lot of small cases can make the lawyer money and, and, the, and the law firm very profitable. But doesn't it make sense to go after a big case? And your question is, well, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. I think you have to prove to the public that you're credible that you're an expert in what you're asking for. You know, it's like trucking cases. Uh, every lawyer wants a trucking case. Unfortunately, you know, the, the word big bucks, big trucks, you know, exist. But mm. there's a difference between a lawyer that advertises for a trucking case and a lawyer that is a true trucking lawyer. When you get a trucking case, and I'm using this as, a, as a, uh, an example because it really right. falls into any other litigation. I mean, you've got to know what you're doing. You know, the majority of lawyers that advertise for trucking cases farm it out to a trucking lawyer because they have the resources, the understanding, you know, uh, secure the evidence immediately. When you are in a big, when you're in a complex case, you have to have the resources to process the case. The resources is the brains, the experience, the money for experts, and a clear strategic path. Most lawyer, lawyers that advertise, they're, they're, they're what we call gatherers. So they gather these cases. And the majority of, 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 of high-valued cases, complex cases, are farmed out. Hmm. So what lawyer, may, you know, to law firms, mm -hmm. this might be a, an ignorant question, but what makes the trucking case so desirable to lawyers? When you have uh, a huge truck rolling over a small vehicle, mm -hmm. it's usually catastrophic. Right. That's, that's sort of my mind. So, so all cases come down to the value of your lifestyle or, you know, the, what, you know, what is your, what is your value worth? Unfortunately, mm -hmm. it's, it's determined, you know, through, you know, your earnings through insurance. Uh, and so that's, that's how a case like that is valued. Mm -hmm. So you talk about like, um, you don't need two cents, but you need common sense. So I think that a lot of the high end lawyers are understanding that their law firm isn't just a law firm, it's a business. They have to understand the marketing side of things. Somebody that has the common sense, but maybe not the budget, how do they approach their business intelligently in terms of the marketing? Well, that's a very good point you make. Uh, 
12 years ago, uh, Keith Givens, myself, Howard Nations, John Romano, we were sitting at uh, Keith's house, Keith Givens' house, and we recognized that there isn't an organization that is really focusing on the business of law. And I'll never forget what Howard Nation said. He says, I may be a great lawyer. I've tried, you know, major, major cases. But if, my, if I wasn't a businessman, I wouldn't be in business today. Hmm. And there's a lot of phenomenal lawyers that have gone bankrupt because they couldn't manage their business. Wow. You know, my old friend Mel Belli, you know, is a great example. You know, he, he died poor because uh, he, he just didn't manage his business. And it is a business. Hmm. So you have to look at it as a business. Hmm. And it's the managing. But my my advice for a, for for any lawyer, whether it's a seasoned lawyer or a new lawyer, is take a look at the the ethics that the um, oath that you signed, which is your very very first contract that you signed when you became a lawyer. When you're admitted into your bar, you have to read a paragraph with your right hand up, and uh, and it's on a Bible, and it's, and and uh, with your left. Uh, I don't know if it's your right hand or left hand, but your one of your hands are on the Bible, <laughs> and 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 you're and you're making a contract with the state that I will do this, I will do this, I will do this, I will treat my client this way, I'll treat my client that way, I will mm -hmm. do this to my client. Now, in 44 years, I have never met a lawyer that read that oath after they signed it, which is absolutely unbelievable to me. But if you follow what you what you contracted to do, and you gave the service and the attention to your clients, your business down the road will flourish because you're doing what you number one said you would do, mm -hmm. and that is a heck of a good roadmap to start with. Yeah, got to go back the other to thing, the initial values for sure. Well, well, the, you 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 signed a contract to do something. Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, there's a reason people don't like lawyers. Well, they don't return phone calls. They're arrogant. You can't get a hold of them. If you completely do the opposite, what position does that put you in? Yeah, absolutely. And I will tell you unequivocally, the best case that's going to walk into your office is the referral case. So use common sense. It seems like a pretty easy thing to do, but I guess a lot of people don't have that, especially the legal business. It's not easy because because lawyers want to follow the next guy because they think mm. he's got more money than they do, and they chase the money, and they chase the opportunity. Uh, and I don't really see anything wrong with, with doing that if that's what you want to do. Mm. I can assure you if you do it and you copy somebody that really does it right or knows how to you know, run their business, you'll do very well. I have a different philosophy. I put all of my value on the case, on the value of the case and the integrity of the firm. Mm. I believe the value of the case is everything. Advertising 101, you get what you ask for. Right. Do you think that uh, there are a lot of lawyers who are in the business for the wrong reasons? that they don't actually want to be a lawyer. They just see it as a good way to make money. I, I've never really met a lawyer that got into the business because they didn't want to be a lawyer. They just wanted to be a mm. ambulance chaser or a businessman. <laughs> yeah. But what I have seen is a lot of lawyers get into the business and they lose their energy or they don't mm. like their clients or they, or they, they just don't understand the business end of it and they're unhappy. Mm. 
Mm. You know, you shouldn't be in any business that number one isn't driven by passion. Mm. And in the legal industry, you know, your passion is to help people. That's what you do. If you're a doctor, you don't, you know, get into medicine because of the money. You get into the medicine because you want to save lives. You know, a teacher doesn't sign on to, uh, you know, become a teacher because, well, I'm going to make 30 grand or 50 grand a year, <laughs> which I think, you know, a, a, a teacher is, is, you know, is run by passion. Absolutely. Any, entre any entrepreneur that you know of, you know, gets involved in any kind of a business really because of passion. I mean, can you mm. imagine waking up and doing your job and hating it every day? How long would that last? Right. right. It'd certainly be reflective of your results. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely interesting that they start out the passion and they lose it. It's pretty unfortunate. Um, but, you know, every great every great lawyer that I know, a great lawyer is somebody that's passionate, that wins for their clients and that believes in the Constitution. Hmm. They're very passionate about practicing law. We're forced to be businessmen. Mm -hmm. So besides for going back uh, to to look at what you initially signed up for, to look at the contract, how do you stay passionate and stay driven and what do you think makes that lawyer you know not lose what he what he set out to do initially well i think practice practicing law you have to have a passion for you know for practicing law uh you know somebody said to my dear friend uh michael berg and i'll never forget this what do you do michael for a living and he says i go after the bad guys mm. you know that's his passion uh, you know, I hear these kind of things, you know, all the time. You know, my dear, dear friend, Michael DeMeo has an interesting philosophy. He runs his practice like Ritz Carlton. He's, that's his passion. So that's, you know, I, that, that, that's how I, I see it. And I see it at, from examples of, you know, of, of, of great men and women that, you know, that are, that are very passionate and very, uh, you know, focused on the client experience. That's what it's all about. Everything else will come, you know, come come into place. Mm -hmm. Right. And where do you see the the future of the business going? I mean, with the technology think, and everything, where do you see it going? Oh, from here? Well, a lot of things came out of this pandemic. You know, one mm -hmm. of the the strong stronger things that came out has come out of it is technology, and people have clamored to technology. You know, lawyers are trying right now to upgrade their technology, their case management. Uh, my, I, know I, I, I sold lead docket on March 3rd, you know, the, just the week before the pandemic. Mm. Uh, it turned out that that product flew off the shelves because um, it, it allowed you to manage your business remotely better than managing it, you know, in, in person. So technology, yeah, I think, is, 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 is where we're all headed. Uh, and that doesn't mean you get into over complicated technology, but I think there's a major change in, 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 in business. And this opens up an entirely big can of worms. <laughs> the big operators, the big mills, the big firms, the high volume firms are plateauing. If there's anyone looking at me right now, you have to, uh, from that kind of an operation, ask yourself, is my business growing? Well, moving into another market is, is growing, but you're maxing out your market. You're, the hypothetically, if you're at, and this is astronomical, 500 cases a month, you know, to get 600 is going to be a chore because mm -hmm. you're giving up market share to so many other people that are taking that, that, their business from you. 
And so I think that the, the, the high volume firms are at a crossroads right now. They, the, they're going to have to offer something more than, you know, if, if I've been, you know, in a wreck, uh, I want to check. Now, I love my friend Glenn Lerner who, do, who does that and he makes a, has a phenomenal business. But unless you're in a wreck and you need a check <laughs> or, or one call, that's all. Well, one call, if you can think that calling a lawyer one time and you're going to get your situation. <laughs> so, so what they're asking for is they're asking for the business that's coming to them. And by golly, I will tell you, they got a lot of business. I mean, you know, they, mm. they do very, very well. However, their business isn't growing mm. because the quality of the case is not growing because they're stuck, and I, this is my personal opinion, they're, they're stuck, and these are very strong words, I'm going to get backlash from this, my, their, their, their economics is stuck because that's what they're asking for. Give me all the, all the low-end cases in the planet. Now, yes, of course, they get some, you know, some sizable cases. You take a, 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 another lawyer that I, I, uh, I'm very, very close to in another market that converted his business into a trucking firm. And he went from 30 million to 135 million because he's asking for a different valued case mm -hmm. with 14 employees. Now, who's more profitable? I mean, it's, you know, you, you can't knock Walmart, but Walmart has its issues and it's Did just you, not attracting more people. Do you think it comes down to the marketing? So this guy's saying if you're in a wreck and, you know, you want to check, that's attracting certain level of clientele right but if if he rebrands maybe he can grow right does that come down to the marketing you think well, first of all that line is brilliant and the gentleman that runs his practice is brilliant he really is um he, i admire i admire him what i'm saying to you is that you get what you ask for to take a brand and add much more value to it is giving people that know you a more of a reason to do business with you and mm. that's the path that i that i'm 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 I'm, uh, I'm suggesting you can't be known for one thing if you are known for one thing that's what you're going to get mm. to get a high valued case you have to have credibility Right. So do you have an example of uh, a way that you help somebody with with what we were talking about just now? Well, uh, I think telling a story, you know, through social media, through certain kinds of television commercials. Now, you know, my friends that do hype advertising, you know, say it's boring. It's this and that. But I, I don't I don't really buy into that. Uh, you take a firm like uh, a company like um, Crisp hypothetically, you know, crisp, uh, crisp video, Chris, whatever they, whatever his, his uh, repertoire is at this moment. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, 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 their storytelling is, is very compelling. It, when you see one of a story that, uh, that they lay out for a lawyer and uh, hypothetically you're asking for a trucking case and they dissect a truck, a, a trucking case, or they, they talk more intelligently about what's involved in it. And you have testimonials from people that say, listen, I didn't call this lawyer because I wanted all the money. 
I call this just my life was a you know in in in, uh, in transition. I want the quality of life back. So telling the story, I think, is is a great way. Going back to you know standing in in the courtroom, you know how do you how do you get how do you get five million dollars for you know for for you know for for a, for a case? How do you get that? You ask for it, but you got to have certain credibility and facts to present to earn that case. And advertising is the same way. Mm. What I love I'm about stuck, yeah. I'm rather stuck with with testimonials, and I'm mm. not talking about testimonials that you know my lawyer got me twelve million dollars. I, I I now drive a you know a, a Lincoln Continental if they even make that car anymore. <laughs> it, it's it's about the quality of life. You know, my lawyer got me a, a, a back on track so that I can breathe, so that I can have a mm. house with a ramp. Uh, you know, high-valued cases are determined. People come to lawyers for high, with high-valued cases because they want their quality of life back as, as much as possible. Right. It helps you visualize it. It's really telling a story of what that actually is doing tangibly to that person. Oh, what do you do to convince you know, uh, you know, your children to do something, you know, you, very often we sit down and instead of yelling them or putting them in the corner, which I've done many times, uh, <laughs> you know, you sit and you explain to them what, you know, what the options are. I'm a huge believer of telling stories, testimonials. Uh, there's a lot more credibility when somebody else talks about you than when you talk about yourself. My partner, Patty, wakes when I wake up every morning and this is the God's honest truth. She says to me, Harlan, today I want you to be interested, not interesting. I love that. That's one of my favorite, uh, favorite sayings. I live my life by that quote. You've got so many good quotes from over the years. That's what I love about talking to you. You just got like all these good one-liners that help you remember what it is that we're talking about here. Such good wisdom. Well, I'm a believer of analogies. Yeah. And, you know, if I'm going to try to explain to you about, you know, this cup or whatever it is, and I can use an analogy, you know, that you immediately grasp. That's truthful. How far down the road did I get and how quickly did I get down the road? Well, how vividly did I get? Did I make this to you? How, you know, this is the most one of the most important things in advertising is make it easy for people to do business with you. Mm -hmm. Make it easy to understand what you're saying. Less is more. Absolutely. Well, so that's uh, where I come up with all these, uh, you know, I would say these gems and I didn't make up any of them. <laughs> right. Well, amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being on the show. This has been Jacob Wells for Latte with Lawyers. I want to thank Harlan Schillinger for joining us today. It was such, a, such an honor to talk with you and really learned a lot. Um, and uh, got to thank our sponsor, Motion Track without a K, that uses artificial intelligence and uh, mobile app audiences to economically and quickly gather focus group research and data for trials and uh, mediations. So thanks so let me much. Give you a plug. Let me give you a plug there because I met, um, you know, I met uh, met you guys, you know, yeah. at uh, National Tri Lawyers. 
uh, I am really dissecting what you're doing in the advertising world uh, because it absolutely applies to uh, marketing and, and focus groups in the same manner that it applies to your focus groups for jury, you know, selection and, mm. you know, jury content, uh, you know, trial content. And uh, I just, I just, I'm amazed at what you guys are doing. And I really mean that, you know, this is a plug, but it's just from the heart. Thank you. Thank you. And also I want to give uh, you a chance to uh, tell everybody how, if they're interested in what you had to say, how do they get connected with you? What's the best way to contact you or find out more? Well, I don't really solicit business. Uh, you know, I have a private private uh, consulting business, yeah. uh, but I do have a little website that my publish, public, uh, publicist insisted that we put together. It's harlanschellinger.com. Uh, I do a lot of podcasts because I'm asked to do. Uh, mm -hmm. I think I did, you know, close to 30, 35 during the pandemic. You know, they called on, uh, the industry called on the gray hairs, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, we've gone through things. Uh, but you can find me at harlanschellinger.com. All right. Amazing. Thanks so much again, Harlan. Really appreciate it. You're, you're very, very welcome. Thank you.